Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. in the balcony happy and overflow room. Praise God. Amen. We're going to look at something different today. I want to get back, but I'll wait till everybody's back from their vacation or staycation, whatever they're on. Get back to what we were on. Uh, Ephesians chapter one, if you will. Ephesians, the first chapter. If you're joining us live on Facebook, we welcome you. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Let me know that we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Ephesians 1, we'll read more of it, but let's just go to verse uh, 20, 22 and 23. It says, uh, He hath put all things under His feet to my Christ, and has given Him to be the head, Christ, over all things to the church, which is His body. We are His body. We are the fullness of Him. Hmm? We are the body of Christ. We are the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. Now, um, the Amplified uh, from 21 to 23 says, uh, well, I guess we'll have to go to 19 to do it. In the Amplified, it says, and so that you, that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable. If something's immeasurable, what does that mean? Can't measure it. Unlimited, which means can't limit it. And surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, now watch here, as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. How was it demonstrated? He, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now, where's Christ seated now? In heaven, in a heavenly place, right? He is far above all rule, authority, and power, and dominion, and every name that is named, every title that can be conferred, not only in this age, but that which is to come, but also in the age and the world which are to come, and hath put all things under his feet, 
and appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church. Parentheses, the Amplified says, this is a headship that is exercised throughout the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all, for in that body lives the full measure of Christ, who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. Then Ephesians chapter 2, if you will. One, and you. Now who's he talking about? You. Hath he what? Quickened. The word quickened is you hath he made alive. The word quickened means made alive. You were dead in your trespasses and sin. It was, it was lights out, dude. There's no way out. But you hath he made alive who were dead. You were dead, and now because of him you're alive. But you're alive in him. But the old, the old person you was, dead. 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 I was telling uh, uh, Bill here before and some other before church, had a buddy of mine who calls every now and then, I forget he does it. And I'll call him. And the phone will ring, and he'll go uh, real loud. He'll go, bang, bang, you're dead. Now stay dead. <laughs> That's the goal. The old, the old you was, doesn't exist anymore. Get him out of your mind and let that part stay dead. Huh? So he says, you were, you, you, you were dead. He killed the old man. It gave a new man created in righteousness and true holiness. And now you've been made alive together with him. He said in times past, you walked according to the course of this world. He said, that's where you walked. That was your life, this world. First, I turned on the news this morning, checked the weather. First thing it said, uh, three, four, five people shot. Some club. And I'm thinking, I wonder why I didn't get shot. Oh, I wasn't at the club. Uh, no, no more. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm in a new club. It's not Sam's either I'm talking about. Not Sam's club. How many of you, how many you in the club of Christ? You're in the kingdom of God. But in times past, we, there might be someone who walked according to course. This world maybe. Someone in here, I don't know. We were walking according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom we had our conversation or behavior in the past in the lust of our flesh. We was all about making our flesh happy. Right? Gratifying the flesh. How many of the flesh wants to do what it wants to do? For different people, it's different things. Someone else is it's this or that or swallow this or smoke that or do this or eat this or have 14 of those. Maybe, the, maybe alcohol, maybe whatever it is. Maybe smoking some weird cigarettes. Because you can't ever satisfy the flesh. Hmm? Doesn't make common sense, does it? How many of y'all had coffee this morning? I mean, I had milk. 
Orange juice. Water. I missed anything? Coke. Oh, look at it now. All right, Bill, how many Cokes did you have this morning? Just one? You weren't thirsty after that? Have one and a half. How many have one or two cups of coffee? You didn't have 15? Well, how come when, when we drank, we needed 15? Uh, we were so thirsty, it took 15 of them. It didn't, did it? You weren't that thirsty. Huh? But the flesh was. I said the flesh was. Right? Oh, they rolled up them a little. Huh? Yeah. Marlboros that you bought in the back street somewhere, and then Marlboro cigarettes you had to buy in the back street. Smoked them. Uh-huh. Because the flesh was looking for a feeling. A euphoria, whatever it's called. He said, we were walking in, we were walking in the print with the prince of the power there. It's the same spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. It's still there. Just it has no, it has nothing in you. It has no pull in you. You lost your magnet. So it comes along and it can't pull you because you're dead. Huh? So we were in a mess. But verse 4 said, but God, whew, I like that, but God, comma, who's rich in mercy, for with his great love with where he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now we've, we've looked at this before. But let's, let's, let's look at it again. Now, he says, we were dead in sins, but he quickened us or made us alive together with Christ. It's by his grace that you're saved. And he raised you up together, made you sit together. Where are we at? Someone said, well, we're in Jemison. You might be. Part of us is. But the reality of this is, that we've been raised up together with him. Now, this, this is not talking about in heaven in the sense of we left the earth, passed on, rapture. Not, we're, we're talking about present tense right now. You are raised up and you're sitting together right now in heavenly places in Christ. Amen. Well, we, we would just go back over to Ephesians chapter 1 and we'd put them verses to, together. And uh, where it said... Uh, uh, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. That's Ephesians 1.20. So I asked you, where was Christ? You said he was in heaven. He was, he, he's seated on the right hand side of the Father right now, right? You agree? Yes. He's in the heavenly places. Then jump back over to Ephesians chapter 2. But he raised you up together Amen. and made you to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So the question is, where's Christ Jesus? In heaven, on the right hand of the side of the Father. Uh, yeah, but right now, where's he at? Same, same answer. He's in heaven at the right hand of the Father. Well, you're in Christ, and you're seated with him where? Where he is right now. Right now, present tense, by the Spirit, in the Spirit, you are in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father God. All right, now come back to Ephesians chapter 1, and let's get a picture of what this looks like. Since you're seated with him, 
the Greek actually means you are not at the throne, but you are actually enthroned. You're seated with him in the throne. This is like if you ever went to go stand in Santa Claus when he's three and get in his lap. Well, this is far better than Santa Claus. You are seated with him in his throne. His throne is the place where he rules and reigns. Jesus is king. And there's no runner up. There was a dude who tried to be a runner up. He got run down. Kicked out. Hmm? So what he wants us to do is for you to take your place, take your rank, take your reign, which is the kingdom of God, the rule, the rank, the reign of Christ, and take your seat. If you ran for uh, the Congress or, or the Senate and won, for this state, you was a, let's say you ran for the U.S. Senator of Alabama and you won that, then you would, you would represent this state and you would have a seat, right, in the Senate to represent the state of Alabama. Well, let me tell you something. There's been an election and you won. Huh? Can anybody get happy about that? You do believe the Bible, right? Amen. There was an election and Christ ran. But we're in the family of God. We are the family of God. And we are seated in our new elected seat. From there we rule and reign. From there we live. From there we pray. From there we proclaim. From there we decree. So you see, you, you see where you're seated right now. You're in the throne. Now let's look at the view. Verse 21 of chapter 1. You're what? Far above. Someone said, I'm on, man, I just feel like I'm under the barrel. That's a pitiful testimony for a Christian. You're not below the barrel. You're not even around the barrel. You're in heaven, seated in heavenly places. And because of your heavenly position, you are far above all principality and power and might and dominion, everything that's named. Not everything that is named. Amen. Does your problem have a name? Did they give it a name? Well, you are, you are, we, we diagnose you as clinically depressed. Okay. I'm not saying you're not. Amen. I'm just saying I know what the remedy is. And it's not swallowing 14 pills a day. If you got to get some help along the way, then get some help. But get it as you're going somewhere else. You hear me? Because you're far above. You're far above. This is called faith. Right? This is not, we're going to get happy when we get there. Huh? 
People call us, say we're people of faith in there, and, and they, but they don't live by it. See, to, to live in the Spirit is to walk away from, you know, Romans 8 talks about the law of the Spirit of life made you free from the law of sin and death. Instead of sin and death, you could have just said, has made me free from the law of five senses. That'd be another way of saying it. The law, which is a law, it is a spiritual law, has made me free from the law, which was the law of sin and death, or the five senses. So whatever the senses are telling you, or showing you, or recording you, that you can see, you can feel in your body, in your emotional realm, which is a law of the senses, it is trumped by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And because you are in Christ Jesus, you pull rank and you pull authority over everything demonic that can come against you in this life. And you are not equal to it. You are far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. And every name that's named. So if they give you a name for it, get excited. So, so this is that quick killing cancer. Well, if it was going to kill me, I'd rather have the quick. I don't want the slow dragging out one. <laughs> huh? Slow, fast, whatever the speed of it is. We have a name that's far above. Yes. All principality, power, might, and dominion. Hmm? Now, the Bible says that we fight the good fight of faith. So there is going to be a fight. But we're going in, champion. We're going in because we already got the belt. Hmm. You, you, you hold the world record right now. You are the champion. Someone said, what classification? Whatever, what, what, uh, absolute ruler. Because, see, our, our title is his title. You are, you are, a, king, you are a king of the king. You are a Lord of the Lord. Sarah called Abraham Lord. And she said, she told women, she said, you would do well to call your husband Lord. <laughs> oh, I didn't get any, I didn't get any amen. So, okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I, I, it, it's right there in the Bible, but I've never got any amens on it. Hallelujah. Now, I did put it in my wife's phone, you know, years ago. So when I call her, she looks, it says, Unless she took it out, it says, Lord Eric. Did you take it out? It's still in there? She's such a good wife. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, so we are far above. I want you to get that in your, in, in, in your knowing this morning. You're far above. Well, I got grief working in me. Well, you're far above grief. Hmm? What's the truth about that grief? Amen. Jesus, Jesus uh, endured more than any human being ever walked the face of the earth. More torture, more pain, more whatever. And he was anointed with all the joy. And he had more joy than anyone, he said, above all his fellows. Why? He knew something. He knew something. He had information. He knew who was with him at all times. See, so you're, you're not in this by yourself. You're not by yourself. You're not with yourself. You're not coming along. You're not trying to get there. 
You're not hoping to be. You're not trying to turn the page. You're not trying to get the, the, the promotion. You are there. I am there. I am far above. Now, if, if I'm talking to people who don't believe anything about the word of faith, then, then this is just a fairy tale. But to people who like red meat, Huh? Amen. You know, who, who really like steak? I don't know. They, they, you know, the Hagans are always, they, they're originally from Texas. So Texans always say it this way. So what did you put in that A1 and stuff on your steak sauce for, or on your steak for? Well, I like steak sauce. He said, because, he says, well, Texans don't, don't. And we asked the Hagans, well, why not? He says, if you need steak sauce, it's because you don't like steak. He said, what you want to cover it up for? Amen. Well, uh, that's not really a doctrine about the steak sauce. You can do what you want to there, right? <laughs> but here's what I know. I'm far above. Yeah. All principality power. Now, these, now, you understand principalities and powers and dominion and all these things. These are all uh, classifications of demonic spirits. And they have classifications just like the military. Some are very low ranked. Some of them have very little power. Principalities are, are the, the little aggravators. It's like the mosquito that won't get out of your face or the gnat. The fruit flies, it's like this all the time. It's just like, it's, it's this thoughts like, get, get these. I, I'm, that's, that's principalities. Powers is a that, is that little dog that'll, uh, that'll bite at your heels. Huh? Well, when I when I was working and running the floor covering store, I never got bit by a big dog, but I got I got bit on several times by little dogs. You know, the little yappy dogs, and uh, they're real territorial, just different kinds of them. And they, you know, they they nap at you. So <clears throat> I, I got to where I wore thick socks. Amen, and. Uh, and that's what, that's what powers do. They kind of nip, 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 nip. And then there's other different classifications, and they're just like the military. One takes orders from the other. One takes orders from the other. And then they just do the pylon effect. But here's where you are. You're with Christ. You're far above all that. So if he was in the Senate, you would, have a, you would, you would represent the entire state. We, we would be the constituents, and you would go to represent us. You would be by, for, for the people of that state, supposedly. Well, that's what we're doing now. We are the king. We are a king of the king and lord of the lords. And we have been given a mandate to rule and have dominion and power over this earth. The Bible says the Lord is the creator of the earth, but he gave the earth to mankind to enjoy, but to rule and to reign and to bring dominion and authority into this, into this world. In other words, what you say is where the buck stops. What you say goes. Right? Didn't Jesus say, Matthew, I will give you the keys of the kingdom? Right? Whatever you bind shall heaven declare bound. Whatever you loose shall heaven declare loosed. I'm giving you the keys. If you have one set of keys and you give someone else, you don't have the keys anymore. They do. He said, well, why did, why did God let that happen? Who said he let it happen? He doesn't have the keys. 
Who has the keys? So if I have the keys, right? Now, I could go rent a car. It wouldn't be my car, but I, you know, I have insurance and whatever when I go rent the car. It may belong to Avis or, or whoever it belongs to. But when I have the keys, I have ownership of the car. I can go 200 miles this way or 400 miles that way or keep it a week, keep it two weeks, keep it three days, whatever I ask for, whatever I was willing to pay for. But the car is in my possession and I'll do with the car as I please, right? Yeah. Then you bring it back and then you turn the keys back over and they, if you pass inspection, then you don't have a problem. So we have, we have this authority of principality and power and might and dominion. And he hath put all things under your feet, all things, under his feet. Now he's talking to you about a body here. But he, he, Paul gives us a physical illustration of a body, of, of a, Jesus being the head of the church, that we be in the, the, the body. And how many know uh, the feet is at the end of the body, right? And then he gives us a picture of uh, Satan being not under the hand, not under the neck, but under, not, 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 not on the, uh, under the rear end, but under your feet. Under your feet. Yeah. In other words, it puts you in the highest position and it puts him in the lowest position. He's not beside you. You, you know, Jesus told him one time says, to Peter, he says, Satan, get behind me. Well, he's not behind you. He's under you. Yes. He's under you. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is where we rule. This is where we reign. Uh, you want to turn there, but First John four seventeen says, says, "As he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we." Now, there's always been a debate, and I don't think it's a big deal either way. People say, "Well, what does that mean? As he is, does that mean when he was on earth or now?" Well, uh, I, I believe it's referring to uh, as he is now. In heaven. But let's just say it meant while he was on earth. How did Jesus come out? How did he fare on earth dealing with demonic spirits? Situations. Did he do all right? Did he win every time? Is he winning now? So as he is, so are you. Hmm? Remember when Jesus would go into cities and towns and people who had demonic spirits, they would run to him and, 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 and demons would say, are you... Did you come? We know who you are, the Holy Son of God. Did you come to, to cast us out, to rebuke us before, before the time? He said, uh-huh. Yep, sure did. Well, he ruled and reigned over every demonic spirit while he walked the earth in an earthly body. We have to remember that Jesus is the Son of God, was the Son of God, but He came to the earth as the Son of Man, and in heaven He'll always be known as the Son of Man. He represents God and He represents man. He's perfect God and perfect man, but He had to be anointed of the Holy Ghost because He came here as man so that He could die for man, so that He could die for man's sins. He could not come here as God and deity and redeem you. So He had to be born of a woman 
but it could not be born of a man because every man had sinned and had spiritual death in him. So we are in him, united with him, in union with him, and we have his life in us. He had his life of the Father in him. We have him in us, therefore we have absolute kingship, lordship, godship in your life, in your spirit. Your spirit is full of life. Not some life. Your spirit, man, is full of the life of God. Your spirit, man, knows how to walk on the water. Your spirit, man, can cure any disease. Your spirit, man, has all wisdom and the intellect of this world and anything about any subject that we need to know. Well, what stops it? It's this thing called the soul. It still wants to be connected to, this, to the law of the spirit of sin and death. To the lust of the flesh, the pull of the flesh. When we renew our mind to the truth, not some truth, but the truth, when people, because yeah, I, I hear people say this, they got it quite backwards. They said, man, we just need to get what's in here, in here. I says, man, you, you tapped the wrong place first. We don't need to get what's in here and here. That'd be a mess, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, dude, when you're born again, you need to get what's in here, in here. This is what our problem is, here. It's not here. This is perfect. This is righteous. This is holy. This is smart. This is wisdom. This is rich. This is divine health. What shortcuts it? Here. Because it's connected to the five senses that feels things and has emotions and, and you know, uh, connects with, that, with, with the realm of the senses. You renew this to the truth of this. You are one dynamic, spirit-filled human slash king of king, lord of lords, powerful, most powerful entity on the face of this earth. Amen. I'm doing better preaching now. Y'all doing listening. Now, uh, do you want to turn there? But John 14, 13, Jesus said this before he was crucified, before he left. He says, whatever you ask in my name, that will he do to my father. Whatever you ask in my name, Jesus said, that will he do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. When you get your prayer answered, it brings great glory to the Father. He is telling us that whatever we ask in his name, he will do it. Now, Brother Hagin knew personally and sat in on some of uh, I don't know if you ever heard of him uh, and he, uh, Dr. Uh, P.C. Nelson's services and, and uh, of course he's been in heaven a long time and uh, he was the number one or two leading uh, Greek scholar of the world and uh, so they asked Dr. Nelson about that verse John 14 13 where Jesus said whatever you ask in my name that will I do that the Father may be glorified the Son. So they asked Dr. Nelson about that verse, and he said the, the phrase, I will do it, that is found in John 14, 12 through 14. He said that is the strongest English assertion 
that can be translated from the Greek language into the English. Uh, Dr. Nelson went on to say this as a scholar. He said, if you were to translate this verse more accurately, you would have to use more words. He said the English vernacular did not correct, correctly translate this verse. He said you would have to add words to it. He says to make this verse correct in the actual Greek, it would read like this. If you ask anything in my name, if it does not exist, I will make it for you. <laughs> wow. If you ask anything in my name, if it does not exist, I will make it for you. I think I just ran to Shelby County back in, and, and y'all didn't even see me move. It's like. You don't have to turn there, but if you make a notice, in John 7, 22, the night before Jesus was crucified, he prayed that we would have the same glory that he had. Remember that? The same glory. That was his prayer, that we would be one. He says, Father, let them know that you love them just as much as you love me. I found that years ago, and I like to, I like to have conniptions. I think the New Living says it just that way. Reveal to them that you love them just as much as you love me. Amen. You know, I, I, you know, even as a minister, I would tell people, God loves you. But I never, I never knew. I mean, it's just religion. But we, we look at ourselves as human and make mistakes and we fail, whatever. But the truth of it is, is that he loves you just as much he, or he loves you no less than he loves Jesus Christ. When I read that, I was like, that can't be so. Because they said Jesus never sinned. And I think I have twice. I, well, <laughs> twice I know of. Could be three times. Well, but he loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. Wow. So, in his prayer over disciples, and then and we don't have time, but he says, and this is not just for you. This is for many who will come to know you, this truth, through you. So in other words, he's praying this prayer for you and I. He's praying it to, over them. Then you carry this message to the world so that for many of those who will ever come, this will belong to them. Tell them that the Father and I love them just as much as he loves me. And then tell them that the same glory that he sent me out of heaven with, I'm, I'm, I'm sending the same glory to you. Yes. The same glory that I got sent out of heaven with, that, that heaven and that glory is going to be in you. And tell them that in future, future generations that they'll know they'll be living in the same glory. Now, glory stands for many words. Been a long time since I ministered this. And I did an extensive study on this many years ago. And I came across uh, several of the definitions, but one of the, uh, one of the ways that you define the word glory here in this verse is the word glory stands for God's very reputation. Ooh. 
Jesus prayed that we would have the same glory, and because of that same glory, you'll end up with his reputation. I think I can get more excitement out of Presbyterian Church. Hallelujah. The same reputation as Jesus. We hadn't, we, hadn't, we hadn't lived up to our place. We thought so little of ourselves. I, I, I had a dream last week, it was, and, and uh, I, I don't do dreams and that often. I mean, I, I dream, but, uh, uh, but I woke up and I knew exactly what happened. And I was, uh, uh, we, we all have a plan for our life, and, and sometimes we think, well, well, I'm not in the plan yet. Well, you, you, you're, you're in the plan. Every, step, every step's a part of that plan. Everything I've ever did prior to ministry uh, helped me in ministry. And, uh, I mean, I, I had a job as long as I can remember. Uh, my mother saw to that. So, <laughs> anyway, I was never unemployed around the house or, or otherwise. And uh, people say, well, I can't find a job. I, I know why you can't find one. You ain't looking for one. Because <laughs> I can take you about 40 places that's hiring right now. I'm talking about way before President Trump was here. When there wasn't any any jobs, there's just that's just what you don't want to go do over there, because uh, McDonald's is always hiring somebody because they can't keep people there. You just don't want to do that. Well, I, I don't think I want to do it either, but I do like to eat. Amen. So it, it just started with me at, at an early age. So after Michelle and I got married, she was 19, I was 21. But we knew each other in school, but um, we came to work at the same place. And um, she was working at a, a, a Fred's store. And, uh, and I had a friend of mine who his father was a uh, regional manager for Fred's. And uh, he said, I, I can get you on. He said, matter of fact, the manager uh, is looking for someone to train as assistant manager. And he says, this guy actually owns the store. It's not a company store. He owns it. And he says, and if you want me to, I'll set, uh, set up an appointment and uh, you can go see him. So I did, and he hired me. He said, you'll have to go to uh, uh, Memphis for two weeks, two or three weeks, and be trained uh, at the um, uh, Fred's is owned by the Bedour uh, family. Fred, but, well, and of course, he's been passed for years, but the family has the, the, the Bedour Corporation. So I went there. And, uh, and I was trained and then came back and the guy who owned the store just trained me to, to run the store. Well, I, so I, I started off in, in a management position at 20 years old. And I worked there for a few years. And, um, and then I, when I left there, I got, uh, I left there and I went to, because uh, now I knew retail pretty good. And I've been in management. And so here I am now. Now I'm going to a family dollar store. And, uh, and I fill out the application. And, and they said, well, we're, we're, we're looking for a manager. Uh, but what we really need is uh, we don't have, are you willing to move? And I says, no. And, uh, and I lived in Clanton, and, she, and, I, and the Clanton store wasn't open. They said, there is one coming up in the Prattville, but it's going to be a half a year at least. Six to eight months. 
So I, I, they hired me to be uh, to go on the road, and we what we do is we go on the road and just open stores. They would build a building, mostly lease buildings, and then we would take it from the place of just leasing the building empty, uh, run ads in the paper. At this time, I'm 23, yeah, 22 and a half, maybe something like that. And then we'd hire 50, 60 people, put the store together, shelves, everything, do all kind of stuff, and then uh, get it ready for grand opening, and then uh, select out of 50 people, maybe 20 people that would be employees of that store, and then we'd uh, open the store, cut the ribbon, go next to it, start it over. And I did that for a half a year. And just got to go hire 50 people. And then, uh, uh, and then you know, just get it all the way to grand opening. It'd take two months to do that, probably. And then go to another place. Well, finally, uh, the Millbrook store opened up. And I, we got that one ready to go. And I hired all the people. He says, now this is going to be your store. So you, you, you have to hire uh, so many people. So did all that. So I'm like 22 and a half years old, and I'm the manager of Family Dollar in Millbrook. And uh, uh, the part I didn't like about it was uh, from the time I got there to the time I left, that's the part I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fred's is a little bit easier. Uh, uh, Family Dollar, they was big on giving you a title. And they just knew the title would mean a whole lot to me. And they gave me a, they gave me a title instead of money. But I never worked under 84 hours a week. In the first three weeks, I worked 104 hours. And then I was, I was, I was there on Thanksgiving Day at Family Dollar think, with, with laryngitis. And they still hadn't got me an assistant manager yet, telling me he'd come in any day. And I'm with I'm Larry Johnson, and I, and I said, I cannot believe I'm sitting here. This is, I mean, it's nothing for stores now to be open after Thanksgiving or Christmas. But I'm talking about back when I'm in my 20s, right? Which wasn't too far removed from when I was 16 years old. That's when the blue law got changed in Alabama to where you couldn't open up a retail establishment until after 12 o'clock. Can you see how far, how far the world's moved? It means nothing anymore on Sunday. But so... Now, this is just six, seven years later, so uh, it's Thanksgiving, and I'm there uh, thinking, I, I cannot even believe I'm here on Thanksgiving, and I had laryngitis. And so I called Michelle, and I'm screaming, because she's to help me about this couple that her parents keeps playing cards with. This guy owns a carpet store, and he's been wanting to uh, put a store in Selma and someone to run it. And... Uh, I just never paid no attention to it. I mean, what do I know about floor cover? I don't know about floor cover. I know about management. I know about retail. So, <laughs> but I was so ready to move anywhere. It, it, you know, if, 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 if they needed someone down there at the dog pound, <laughs> get me out of here. And uh, so anyway, I called her and she said, I can't hardly hear you. I said, I'm talking loud as I can. And I says, who's that couple that plays cards with your parents? Who wants to start a carpet stock? You know, like said, I'm screaming. She said, what's well, so-and-so? I says, call them for me. Ask if you have to have an experience. So she called them. They said, no, they'll train you. Uh, I said, when, when, when they want to open it? Oh, in about a month. I want that job. And, uh, and uh, we got home and she says, 
you, are you serious? We'll, we'll have to move to Selma. I said, I don't care where I got to move. Just get me out of here. And um, so Michelle said, what do you, she said, what do you know about carpet and floor covering? I said, uh, I've, been, I've been walking on it all my life. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, can, I can walk on it. You know, I just, I just wanted to wait from where I was at. I didn't care what it was. Just get me out of here. So they, they hire us, and they train her and Clanton, and they take me to the new store in Selma and have me trained. In six months, they turn the store over to me. Now I'm about 24. And I'm, I'm running the floor covering store, dealing with thousands of dollars, working with crews and installers and all this kind of stuff. And people spend thousands. I'm, I'm 24 years old. Then he decides he don't want the, the, the Selma store. He's just going to close it. He said, but you ought to stay here. He said, I, you know, he said, he said, I got bad news and good news for you. I said, well, what's the bad news? He said, the bad news is you fixed me out of job because I'm going to close this store. It's doing well, but it, don't, it didn't do as well as I thought it would do. And all I was doing is giving you all a job. I didn't open a second store to just give you somebody a job, which I got that. So he says, I'm going to close in 60 days, and I, I don't have nowhere to put you. So he said, I said, well, what's the good news? He says, well, why don't you stay here and open your own store? I said, well, I couldn't do that. Well, my dad had retired early because he got forced out because the company was going overseas and uh, they needed to do something. So I was telling them about it and, and long, long story short, well, we ended up, my, my parents and I, we, we opened a store. We took, we took everything they had, which wasn't a whole lot, everything they had, put, signed everything away. Everything. I mean, if you ever thought about that, now, now I'm 25. I'm taking everything they, they own and possibly would ever own, and they're putting it in me, a 25-year-old, and we're going to go start a business. And we're starting off undercapitalized. And I have about three years' knowledge of floor covering. And, of course, that store still exists today. So I had this dream. So in some sense, I've, I've always been in some type of leadership, see, since I was in my 20s. And I had this dream uh, a few days ago, and I don't know why. I don't, I don't know. It was a pretty good-sized store. I don't know if it was like a Walmart or what it was. But some guy hired me, and, uh, and I needed a job, and, and he, uh, he didn't really care about my experience. And uh, he had me working in the lady shoe department, and then there was the crochet department, and then the craft department. And my job was just to keep stuff stocked. And he says, these ladies' shoes, these girls come through here and always, and they don't ever put them back. They weren't in boxes. I don't know why they were in boxes. They're just like you just buy them right off the shelf, pull them two pair of sandals. And he said, they're always, he says, now I want this straight all the time. And I thought, man, I've, I've run stores. I mean, I, I've hired people smarter than you. But that was my job, and I needed a job, so I, so I did it. So I was doing my job, and all of a sudden, I heard a problem in another department over there, and the employee didn't know how to handle it, and it was a problem. So I didn't mean to, but I, I, you know, I, I walked over there, and I, just, I fixed that problem. And when I got to fix that problem, I heard someone in the next department, and they were having a problem over there. So in my dream, I just walked over, and I said, can, can I help y'all? And, well, we got this and this and this and this, and I, and I fixed that problem. Well, before I knew about it, I went around this whole store fixing all these problems. 
So it wasn't very long. I felt this guy come up beside me. And he was taller than me. And he grabbed me by the arm. He says, come on, man. He said, buddy, you and I got a problem. And he said, it's serious. And this is the guy who put me in, the, you know, straightened up the, the crafts and the shoes. He said, I hired you. This is your job. And, and, and you have no business being anywhere in the store. Now you either get back in your department and do your job or you're fired. But I was kind of embarrassing because there was a guy behind him. And I didn't know who the guy was behind him, but this guy owned the store. But what I didn't know is this guy had been seeing me, watching me all day long, fix these problems. So he asked my supervisor, what's he, what's he doing working in this department? He says, son, where did you get your experience from? I said, well, I, I ran the store and managed this one, and did this and done that and done, done like this. And he says, and, and, and we got you over here straightening shoes. <laughs> and I looked at the guy who put me up and I said, I said, well, that's what he said. I, I'm, <laughs> this is my dream last week. I said, that's what he said. So he fired him immediately. He said, I got some problems at my home. He said, I think you could fix those problems. This is what Elliot's going to think. This is funny. He took me out of retail and put me into something to do with technology. And so he, I guess he thought I could fix anything. I woke up before I got to his house, which is good because I wouldn't have fixed a thing in his house. <laughs> I would have been the next one fired because I don't know technology. But anyway, um, I woke up and the Lord says, come on up into your rightful place. He says, quit straightening shoes. He said, I've invested into you. I have prepared you for such a place. And I'll put you a place where they'll see the worth and they'll see the value. Now, I don't even know what that means. I don't have a clue. But I'm saying the same thing today. Wake up. See the worth and the value that the Father has put in you, invested in you. How, how many would agree that, that you know, if you're, if you're 35, 40 years old, you lived you live a life now, that things that you had, even little odd jobs going through school and other jobs that you had and situations in life that you went through helped prepare you for what you are doing today? Yeah. Would that be true? I mean, it may be totally in a whole another field, just uh, sometimes just raising kids and a family or this, this did. Nathan, you, you, you worked for many people before you had your place. Did that, did that not help prepare you for having your own place? I mean, there's still, there's still some, I don't care who you work for in that business. It ain't like owning one. I don't care what to tell you. Uh, because I went from running the carpet store to now the invoices are coming to my name. <laughs> and the payroll is my name. And I was, you know, those guys on Friday who's been doing all the work, they, they want to get paid whether you got paid or not. You know, they come back and say, well, we did this, you know, we, we did this much work, but you didn't, get your, you didn't get your check. But that ain't their problem. They want their check. And uh, that, was, that was different than, than, than managing something. Because when you owned it, you're all in. I mean, it's, it, it's, your, it's your reputation. I mean, 
He may not have dented it. He may not have scratched it. He may not put the run in it, but they don't know and care. All they care about is when they come pick up that car from that man's establishment and they don't like it. I mean, if, 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 if the young guy's name was George, George had a run in it, they don't mention George. They mention Nathan. Well, let's just say Nathan didn't paint. Don't matter. It's Nathan. And, and did you know that bad news will spread 10 times faster than the good news? And if, you, and if you're good, you don't need to have as much advertising to buy much as advertising because they'll spread the news for you. They will become your best advertisement if you're doing good and putting out a good product. But if you're putting out junk, you can't buy enough TV ads to keep you in business. But here's the deal. So he says, come on up to a higher place. Come up into me. Come up into the place where I've seated you in the heavenly places. It's time for you. Your promotion's here. It's time to move up and to move forward. So Jesus prayed, uh, prayed for us that the glory, the word glory stands for reputation. Well, part of his reputation, he was known for signs and wonders. Right? Would you, would you agree with me? Jesus was known for signs and wonders. That was his reputation. Mark 16, 17 said that signs would follow the believer and believer won't run around following up signs. But signs will follow you. And then if you go back and read that whole prayer in Ephesians 1, 17 through 23, and then you read the prayer in Ephesians 3, 14 through 20, it outlines uh, two prayers which the Holy Spirit gave to the church. And so here we are. Sound like I'm uh, uh, jumping uh, subjects, but I'm not. Ephesians 1 said in verse 16, 17, talked about the Father being the Father of glory. And Jesus has given his reputation of glory. Acts, uh, he's, God's called the God of glory. In Ephesians 1, 17, there it is. He's called the Father of glory. In Psalms 24, 7, he's called the King of glory. In Ephesians, or 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 8, Jesus is called the Lord of glory. In Hebrews 2.10, we see that Jesus died to bring many sons unto glory. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, says that we are changed from glory to glory. In 1 Peter 4.14, it says the spirit of glory has come and now rests upon you. What's upon us? Glory. It's just resting upon you. In 1 Corinthians 2.7, the apostle Paul speaks of this revelation. He says this. He says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Jesus is the Lord of glory and came that we might enjoy the same glory. And then the Colossians 1, 26 and 27 says it this way. Even the mystery which God hath hid from ages, from generations, but now is made manifest unto the saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory, which is made the riches of his glory and of this riches among the Gentiles. And here's what it is. 
It is Christ in you. This is the hope of glory. Philippians 4, 19 says, My God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches in glory. Hmm. And it has many definitions. Many definitions. So we're called, actually, because glory is really the full expression of His name. Jesus was the express image of God. And the, the glory God is God putting Himself on display. That's what Jesus came. He came to display the glory of God. The actions of Jesus, the healings of Jesus, the, the words, the, the ministry of Jesus was the full expression on display of the intent of the Father. You, as His ambassadors, the Scripture says, you had the same glory, you had the same reputation. It, he said He invested it into an earthen vessel. You. So he's putting himself once again on display to the world. You are displaying God to this earth with the same glory. Hallelujah. So when we release the glory, we're showing God to the world. Jesus said, I come that I might destroy the works of the devil. That's his reputation. Jesus came, part of it, so part of his deal was to, to wreck and to damage and to destroy. Hmm? Every time that you minister to someone, you minister to the sick and they're healed, you are destroying the works of darkness. Every time the blinders come off and you minister the gospel of Jesus Christ as someone is born, saved, you are destroying the works of darkness. Anyone, anytime you turn anyone and they're thinking from darkness to light, you are in the same ministry as Jesus, same reputation as a destroyer. You are bringing them as children of light to walk in the light. You are called light. Amen. Amen. First thing God said is, let there be light. Amen. So as children of light, he tells us to walk as light. We are made in His image and His likeness. I said this last week, I want to say it again. We are made in His image. Greater than that, we are made in His likeness, which simply means I've been made like God. Amen. You're made in His image, but you're made in His likeness. You, you, you can look at kids sometimes or someone and someone says, well, she or he looks like their mom or dad or whatever. Siblings can look, you know, have the same, the same features, of course, the DNA that's there. You know, you can have twins, right? A great likeness. They, they, there's a likeness to the image. Hmm? We, are, we are the reflection of him. I said, we are the reflection of him. Therefore, we have his reputation. Amen. So we, we, we have the, 
the, the, the image, the reflection of Christ in us, but we bear the likeness of the Father. Of the Father. Which means I look like, I look like God. I said this last week, if, some, if, if someone did know and said, I wonder what God looks like, I would point to one of y'all and said, looks like him, her, me. I, I don't mean so just uh, in, in the physical realm, although we know God has body parts. So we, we, we know the Bible talks about the back and the hands and the fingers, right? And we, so I, I believe God has a, we know He's spirit, but we know He has a, a, a body that represents a body just like the one we have. In heaven, you're, this is the body that you're going to have. We, we say a new body, but actually this is the body. Don't get upset. It'd be fine. Because God's going to glorify it. It's going to go through a whole different transformation. This wreck of a thing ain't getting in there. Amen. I mean, if you were 17 and didn't even know that you even have a body. I'm talking about, I'm talking about that body would be a wreck compared to your, your heavenly body that you're going to get. God's going to take the one from the grave. If he was out to sea, he's going to pull every molecule. He knows where every one of them is. And he'll pull them up in a second, just like that. And as we're, and as we're caught up, he'll bring everything together. It just, I mean, it'll be, it'll be miraculous. You talking about Star Wars doesn't have anything. They've never come up close to what the rapture is going to be like. <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. It'd be like watching a movie black and white off a reel to reel. Like, here. No, I'm telling you, this is going to be amazing how God, when, it, when it, he looks over and Jesus and says, go. Or to your right, go. Jesus is, I, I believe he's halfway out of his chair right now. Now? Now? Uh, almost. almost. When he says, go get him, woo, we're gone. And as we're going up, I said, as we're going up, we're getting that new spirit, that spirit body. That old mortality, gone. The incorruptible, gone. No pain, no suffering, no sadness, just nothing but gladness. Full of joy, full of peace, full of happiness. Hallelujah. Everybody you want to see, some people you might be shocked to see that they're there. And then there might be some people you'll never find there, but you won't, but you won't know it. Praise God. So you got good days ahead. But when we release the glory, it means that we're showing God to the world. It's time for a great release. I say it's time for a great release. You, you are far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Oh, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to bleed God for my so-and-so. Well, stop it. Stop that. Stop that baby talk. What's five times four? Everyone agree with that? You trying to believe that? What's one plus one plus one? Everyone agree on that? Anyone trying to believe that? I'm trying to believe God. I'm healed. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of peace was upon him by his stripes. You were past dude healed. Well, I don't feel like one plus one plus one is three. <laughs> Who gets three flips whether you believe one plus one plus one is three? It is. 
Right? Well, my body don't feel healed. Who said the body gets to have any, any say so in this thing? Amen. Either the body's lying or Jesus is. Amen. Which one is it? Well, I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't want to say I'm healed and I don't feel healed. I wouldn't want to be a, I wouldn't want to be a party to a lie. Well, you're lying now. Right? How many of you know you're going to go to heaven? But how many, to be honest with you, you could, if you went by feelings one day, you could feel like you're not even saved. You ever felt like that? I know I have plenty of time. Didn't, if I was looking for feelings, I didn't even feel saved. Uh huh. What does that get to do with anything? Everyone ever, everyone, everyone ever went to work, didn't feel like it? In about two weeks, there'll be some kids going to school who won't feel like it. But there's some parents saying, oh, no, you're going. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, so let's get out of the feeling business. Yes, amen. Let's go get in the truth business. Let's get in the reality business. Huh? Y'all here? Yes. Woo. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Say, I'm healed. I'm healed. Top of my head. Soles of my feet. I'm glorified. Justified. Hallelujah. So I'm rich. He made me rich. Jesus, who was rich, he became poor. That I, say that's me, that I, through his poverty, might be rich. So I take it. You know, the Bible says that God has stored up the riches of this world. I woke up at 3.43 this morning. Just wide awake. I was like, not again. And I laid there in 10 seconds. He said, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. I wish you'd call it in. And I reached to go get my phone, see what time it was, 343. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, <clears throat> did you know that truth is truth whether you've had three hours sleep or eight hours sleep or you're, or you're wide awake or you haven't slept in a month? And he woke me up and I said, thank you, Father, for waking me up and telling me what's on your mind. That you're telling me that you got wealth in mind for me. And the wealth of the world, the wicked, it's been stored up. Stored up. Hallelujah. What is that, Ecclesiastes chapter 2? Isn't it? We got time for that? Can you go Ecclesiastes chapter 2, go to the end of that chapter and amplify? I may be wrong. The last two verses, I think. There it is. Is that the last verse or the last two? The one before that, I think. For who can eat or who can have enjoyment any more than I can apart from him? For to the person who pleases him, God gives him wisdom, knowledge, and joy. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and heaping up that he may give it over to the one who pleases God. See, everybody has a job. He said, even to the sinner, I'm going to give him a job. So that when I make the transfer, he's already put it all together and we're just going to pick it up at one place. 
So to the wicked person, one way to transfer him is just transfer his heart from, from darkness to light. But if you can't get him from darkness to light, he said, I'm just going to take the wealth. Because he wouldn't store it up. He said, no, it's about me. I'm a, you know, it's, it's, it's about me having stuff and doing stuff and all about whatever. Well, he says, I'll give him a job and he'll store up and gather up and heap up all these riches and he'll have to give it over to the one who actually pleases God. So I'm not going to be straightening shoes and in the craft department no more. Huh? If I'm deleting something, which, which that was some of my skill set as, as a, as a, in my 20s, amen, well, that leadership just carries into other places. Well, here's the deal. You, you're going to need the finances to do it with. And he's provided it right here. He's already provided it in Christ. So I'm taking, I'm taking my, what he stored up. See, it's already stored up. Now, angels want to, there's angels who want to help you. They hearken to the voice of God's word, right? That's what Psalms 103 says. It says, angels hearken, they wait to hear the word of God, and then they act upon it. They minister to their salvation. So you ought to give your angels a little assignment. Run, the, run take them shovels. And, or, or a backhoe, hmm, depending on how big you think it is, right? Send your dump truck over there and get you a pile of wealth. And so how's he going to do that? That is none of your business. That is none of my business. Hallelujah. All I'm saying is he's, he's used someone else to store it up. That's what Oral Roberts did years ago when he was $10 million in debt. $10 million in debt. Couldn't finish the city of faith. And God says, get it done or come home. So he needed $10 million. And the guy who owned a dog track, dog track, raced dogs, he owned the track. He flew in on a jet, made an appointment to see Oral Roberts. And he told Oral Roberts, he said, uh, I'm going to give you this $10 million that I, I hear that you've got to have the city of faith. He says, I ain't a Christian. I don't believe in you. I don't like you. I don't, I don't like nothing about you. He said, but there must be a God because he it seemed like uh, something won't let me alone until I give this $10 million. So maybe if I give this $10 million, I can get me some sleep. That's what you call transferring the wealth of the wicked to the righteous. Yeah. Someone gives you $10 million and says, I don't even <laughs> like you. Don't believe in you. Don't even believe in your God, but I do want some sleep. That is a transfer. Now, Or said, well, I can't do that. I can't take this, Timmy, unless you believe everything I believe. No, 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 no. No, no, go ahead. And, and, and the, the bank will cash it. Huh? Say, I'm taking mine. You, you, you got to get in here now. I'm taking mine. Y'all need 50 people here to get y'all excited? Uh-huh. Y'all need a band to get y'all excited or whatever? Hallelujah. I, I watch church do it all the time. Oh, well, you know, unless there's a hundred of us here, we, 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 it took our wind out of us. No, I, I mean, your, your, your salvation is a personal experience. Amen. And when you answer to him, the hundred won't be we either. It'll be you and him. So you might, you have to learn how to get excited by yourself. Yeah. Right? So I'm taking mine. It's heaped up. It's gathered up. It's in one place. 
Angels, go get it. And then, of course, give the angels your address, you know, how to leave. I'll lay hold of it. Amen. Well, God bless you. We're going to have prayer uh, tomorrow night, two more Monday nights, right? Then we'll start back on a Wednesday, August the 14th. And I believe that's all our announcements. So y'all have a big God bless you day. And uh, enjoy the our fall weather left us, didn't it? We, we had two or three days. It was really, really nice. But, but it's a good day to be, to be in the kingdom. Amen? Amen? God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday or Monday night for prayer. Seated on the throne Train of His robe Fills the temple Singing at the home.